social media allowed me to realize my own power. It allowed me to be self-sufficient. Um, it changed my mindset. Social media has allowed me to make money and to be myself. My Instagram growth, it was two parts. One part, of course, was spiritual. And then the other part was a little more physical. Welcome to Woke and Wired, a new conversation about expanded consciousness and entrepreneurship. There is always a spiritual and energetic component to any growth or success that happens in your life. And in the digital age that we live in, things manifest even more quickly and social media can serve as a tool for manifestation. This was Tanika Renee, and this conversation was one of the most impactful ones for me personally that really determined the kind of content I create and how I look at my work. So Tanika Renee is a true content queen. One look at her Instagram feed with over 300,000 followers will get your creative juices flowing. After getting your heart broken, familiar story, She went on a solo backpacking trip, which turned her into a full-time travel content creator and influencer. And she's been to over 82 countries. And in this conversation, she shares how she got into all of that, how stepping into her worth led to success, what books she read to really get connected to the feeling of self-love, and how visualization helped her grow her Instagram account. Towards the end, we have a really helpful conversation about rates and how to determine your rates and how to step into your worth in that realm. And I've got to tell you, I've been taking it on, I've been using it, and I've been able to double my rates in some cases. So she is a total girl boss, and I know you'll be inspired by this conversation. Before we dive into the conversation with Tanika, Heads up that September 2nd, 2019, we kick off the last live round of the eight-week conscious social media program where I share with you what I do personally to bring together my intuition as well as practices like visualization and meditation alongside strategic thinking and marketing and branding and psychology to build a powerful online presence that feels aligned and that helps you take your business to the next level. This is going to be the last time I'm running the program live, so if you've been called to join, then go to wokeandwire.com slash social dash media and join me. This is going to be a special group and I can't wait to meet you all and hold this space for you while you flip on its head everything you know about social media and let go of all the rules and shoulds and just really find a way to express yourself and to find success that feels good for you. Here is my conversation with Tanika Renee. If you are inspired by any of it, I would love to see what your takeaways are. So please take a screenshot and share it on Instagram stories and tag at Woke and Wired and also at Tanika Renee. We would love to hear from you. Tanika, I am so excited to chat with you. 
This is our first conversation after I found you through the black hole of scrolling on Instagram. And I've got to tell you, I am so taken by your content, by your photography, by your storytelling. And I hopped over into your website and I noticed that you help others do the same. So learn how to create iconic content, learn how to go viral, and travel the world doing that. Working with hotels and fashion brands and tourism boards, it looks like dream life. And I want to know what is it that you actually do on a day-to-day basis? The journey started with me basically trying to find myself. I felt lost. I was confused. I went through a breakup. And at that time, I was working in media, and I was actually a journalist working in media. And during, during that process, I learned how to do media pitches. And I would pitch to different companies, pitch my content that I was producing to different companies, and you know how to produce decks and media kits and all of that. So when I was trying to find myself, I just went on a solo backpacking trip and shared it with uh, my Instagram family. At that time, it was about a thousand of us. And I started to build a following. Companies started to reach out to me. They wanted me to travel or they wanted me to wear their apparel. So I was like, okay, you know, they, they're they paying me, but let me start doing some pitches. Let me take my media background and start creating decks. And I created my media kit and then I started pitching to companies. I still write. I still write for different magazine outlets and different media outlets, but I'm more into just traveling. <laughs> At what point did brands start reaching out to you and you realized you can actually make a living out of this? Maybe where were you in the amount of your followers, in your energetic state, or anything else that feels relevant? Honestly, it was it wasn't necessarily numbers. It was more about my energy. It was more about when I was authentically I felt that I was authentically being myself. If you notice even now like within my social media, my engagement goes up and down. But brands are still reaching out because this is my passion and they can feel it. They can feel that energy and they know that I'm being real and my followers know that. So I think it's it was more about just being me and showing my passion and sharing it. What is your passion? What's making you feel woke? Travel. Travel is my passion. You know, you know how they say that you're either a fighter or you're a flighter. I'm a flighter, meaning that if I'm going through something, I run away and I explore and I try to and I think it's looked at in a negative light, but For me, it's a positive thing because it's not about running away from my problems, but it's more about centering myself and getting lost within myself. And that sometimes means me getting lost in a foreign country where I don't know anyone and I can actually authentically be myself because no one else's vibration is interfering with my own vibration. Mm, I hear you, sister. So first of all, the part where you started this whole thing with healing a heartbreak I so resonate with because that's what happened to me as well. As I was mending my own heart, I started sharing my heart more on social media than I ever had before. So interesting that for us as humans, it seems to me that it really takes 
getting something broken or losing something or someone, for us to connect to something bigger, to start really looking for the true expression of ourselves in the world. Yeah. And I go through that phase in my life, I would say like every three years around, I find myself going through it, like feeling a little lost. And I call it growth. I call it growing pains, birthing pains, because you're becoming a new person. And in order for you to become a new person and reach that new level, you have to get a little uncomfortable, whether that's a breakup, whether that's losing a job, whether that's, you know, moving to a new city or whatever it is. It's just in that moment of being so uncomfortable and and not understanding what's going on and being lost, it forced me to really dig deep and try to figure it out and really like search for love. And that love was loving myself. What did it take for you to learn how to actually do that? It was just being so uncomfortable. I always try to be grounded. Like I like to be structured and stable and and I like to feel grounded. So when I feel like I'm uncomfortable or when I feel like I have no idea what's going on or I have no idea who I am, it forces me to search for that. And so when I went to Southeast Asia, you know, it was foreign to me. No one's in my family ever traveled. They're immigrants. They come from Jamaica. But, you know, we've never traveled anywhere other than Jamaica. And to go to Asia is like, Asia, wow. Like, it just seemed, in my head, it just seemed like such a foreign place, a place that you only saw in movies. And I wanted to go there because I wanted to be so outside of my element. I just didn't care. I was like, I just need to go somewhere. So I went and never went backpacking. Backpacking was a foreign idea, a foreign concept to me. It was, I just wanted to be so outside of my element. And within that, it forced me, it empowered me. And it forced me to be comfortable in my own footsteps. I realized that a lot of the things that I liked weren't things that I truly liked. It was things that were getting pushed to me to like. You know, I was getting programmed to like certain things and I was getting programmed to to programmed about what my level of comfort was. And being outside of my comfort zone and outside, I wasn't on watching television. You know, I'm I'm in the middle of I'm on beaches, no no in, no real internet access. I couldn't watch television. It's just me and nature and locals who barely spoke English. And, you know, it just really forced me to find myself and love myself and look within rather than outside. Were you reading any particular books at the time to really help cultivate that sense of self-love and understand what its expression is like in your life? Well, I've always been on a spiritual journey, always, my whole life. Even as a child, I, I grew up in a, a Christian household, but I I always asked questions. I always, you know, I always felt like it was so much more than what we were being told. And my my father's background is Rastafarian. You know, they practice veganism. And I always felt like when when I was, wasn't eating meat, I always felt like I was so connected to the earth and it's just different concepts were all like, just, it's weird. Cause they were, it's not even weird. I'm, I'm, I gotta get that out my vocabulary, but the signs were always there and 
it was an ongoing cycle. So as I got older, I wanted to study health. I wanted to become a doctor, but I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to do the schooling. I'm lazy. (laughs) So I didn't want to do the schooling. So I started studying Ayurveda and it opened me up so much. Like what I was putting into my body, meditation. I started meditating. Meditation was foreign to me. I didn't, no one in my family meditated. My father would talk about, because he smoked, he smoked weed. So for him, he would catch his vibe when he was smoking, but it was his form of meditation was when he was smoking. And, but I didn't really understand the concept of meditation. So then I started understanding meditation. It started, it forced me to start reading all types of books because I just, I wanted to learn more. I wanted to feel more. I started to feel different. So I wanted to like understand these feelings and the good, the bad, and the ugly, because as you're going through it, it's not always pretty because you're becoming a new person and it's birthing pains. And yes, I did go through a moment of being uncomfortable spiritually. And and this was before my breakup. And I think that even led to my breakup because I was so unhappy because I knew there was so much more for me. And I, what are some other books that I read? There's so many and I, even some books, like I wouldn't even read the whole book. It was just, I would take away little pieces. Like I would open the book and start reading and just take away little pieces that were brought to my attention. And it had a lot to do with manifestation. It had a lot to do with nature, women who run with wolves. What else? Oh, a lot on, I read a lot of books on, I started reading about ley lines and the energy points in the world. So then as I was traveling, I started to search for different energy points to connect with different locations so I could meditate in different places. Okay, so there's so much I want to get into here. You said manifestation, you said energy points in terms of the world map. Let's start with manifestation. What does it look like for you and how does that impact your business and what you do for a living right now? Would you say you manifested all of it? Were you clear what you were creating? Yes, I manifested everything. I manifested the good and the bad. Like I I realized that your thoughts are so, so powerful. You really have to be careful what you think and you know, at first it was like, it started off with, you know, with me studying Ayurveda. So we would do meditation and, you know, our first, it was three hour class. So our first class, we had to sit in the class and I didn't know how to meditate. I think about 95% of us didn't. So they're just saying, the teacher, she told us sit in a room and just sit in complete silence. I ended up falling asleep. <laughs> the second one, with a little more focus, like she's like, one, listen to your breathing. And by the end of the week, I actually learned how to meditate, the concept of meditation. So then we had another course where we did visualization and we didn't eat meat for the whole week. And she said, we're going to do a trick. I want you to set a goal and I want you to visualize it. And Feel it, like visualize it and feel it, touch it, smell it, use all of your senses. And for me, it was a vacation because, you know, I love to travel. So (laughs) I visualized a vacation and I felt the beach. I smelt it. 
you know, I could feel the feeling of me being there. I felt how like happy and how much joy it felt to me. And I would say about two weeks later, I was in Jamaica on the beach. And I didn't like I didn't put two and two together until I was actually in the moment. I was like, wait, I visualized this. And I still took it for granted. I was like, uh, you know, it just happened, you know. I visualized it and but it's still the two don't have anything to do with each other. So I started, I was reading a, a self-help book and it talked about sticky notes, um, the idea of manifesting what you want. And then little by little, I start recognize, okay, I'm, things that I want are happening and they're happening so fast. And it might be minor things. It might be, you know, I want to, I, I have a phone bill due and you know, I don't want to take the money on my savings. I want to allocate the funds from somewhere else. And next thing you know, I'll get a phone call. It'll be a job. It'll be, you know, close to the amount of what my phone bill is. It just, it, these things just kept happening, kept happening. And sometimes, you know, the process will slow down and sometimes it would speed up. But I noticed that when I was happier and I was being true to myself, the process was speed up. That's a very important point that I think is extremely vital to bring up when you talk about manifestation. When you're visualizing those things, when you're getting clear on what you want, you also have to make sure that your actions, your words, your thoughts, your feelings, your vibrations align with the goal you're going for. So I'm curious in your experience, Tanika, how do you get into the vibration that will match what you're going for? Honestly, it's operating out of love and just when I'm visualizing or because you have to, you basically, whatever you want, you have to become it before in order for you to get it. You have to be it. And then you have to also believe that you can have it. So I had to like change my thought process because we've been programmed to, to speak negatively about ourselves, to think negatively about ourselves. So we block ourselves a lot of times from a lot of things that we want. A lot of it is unconsciously. We don't even realize that we do it. So I really, really like, I started, I know that I can have anything that I want. I genuinely know that I can have anything that I want. I know that, you know, even in the negative, when negative happens, it's allowing me to become what I want, or it's allowing what I want to be placed into my life. So I'm positive at all times, even through the negative. I try to correct my thought process if I feel myself slipping because we're getting programmed all around us. So sometimes like you're not always a hundred percent thinking positively. I try to keep friends around me who we all think the same way because they'll also they help to align, help to make sure that I'm aligned and what I want. You know, I keep everyone around me positive. If I feel negative energy, I walk away from it. And I don't care who it is, if it's family or even if it's friends, you know, I don't entertain it because it messes up your vibration and you have to vibrate high in order to manifest what you want. Right. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And at the same time, I think it's important to mention that negative, at least for me, when I think negative, doesn't mean that every emotion other than happiness is negative. I think it's important to 
allow all kinds of feelings and emotions, sadness, fear, anger, whatever it is to be expressed. But then it's important to know how to get to a place where you see the possibility. You always come back to what's possible and you always focus on things that you want to create versus what you don't want to create. So I totally understand what you're saying in terms of curating your environment that way. Yes. And then also like, like always like living in abundance and realizing that there's so much abundance around us. Like everything is a blessing. We're so blessed and we're so powerful and we're a reflection of the universe. Like we, we are a reflection of, we are the universe. That, that concept, like even when, like even within my sadness, my sadness is a blessing. My anger is a blessing. My happiness is a blessing. My anxiety is a blessing. When I'm feeling anxious, it's a blessing because there's, there's so many people that cannot feel those range of emotions. There are those emotions are always a reflection of the moment that we're in. And those emotions, you know, everything comes in. You can always have the opposite. So if you're feeling sadness, that means you can also have happiness. It's like, it's, it's so many, it's just your perception on how you look at things. Right. So the topic I really am excited to get into particularly is what role has social media played in you creating and manifesting the life that you have now? Oh, social media has changed my life. Before social media, I kind of felt, I'm not going to say powerless, but it, it was just like a, a feeling of I needed someone's cosign to be successful or I needed a, you know, I needed to go if I wanted to work in media I had to get accepted by a particular corporation to be successful or to be powerful or, you know, social media allowed me to realize my own power. It allowed me to be self-sufficient. It changed my mindset. You know, I no longer look for approval from others. I feel good in who I am. I feel good about who I am. I'm, I feel good about just, I feel like when you're, when I was working a nine to five, I was very depressed and I wasn't happy because I had to look on the outside, whether if I wrote a story and it could have been the best story ever, if my boss did not approve of my story, it wasn't a good story. But in my eyes, that story was an amazing story. Now I can write a story and no one has to like it. And it's an amazing story. So social media has allowed me to make money and to be myself. So it allowed me to make money from being myself. I love, love, love your perspective on this. And it's just such a reflection of how you think and all the things you're achieving in your life. Because a lot of people will look at social media and say, oh, I don't like it because I compare myself or blah, blah, blah. Like so many excuses, but I'm truly a believer that social media itself is neutral and it's all about the energy we bring into it. And you saying that for you, social media changed your life and gave you the possibility to make money and be independent. So how exactly, you know, one part of it is manifesting and keeping your energy clear and meditating, but the other part is taking action. So what happened in between you having a thousand followers and now having 300,000 and seemingly traveling 
all the time everywhere to the most beautiful places in the world. Taking action, that that was the, the big thing, taking action. You know, so as my social media presence grew, so did the amount of money that I made. So, And how along the way, how did you know how to price yourself? And do you have friends in the field or how are you figuring those steps out? I had to figure out as I went through it. I basically, I, I just would price myself pretty high. <laughs> they say, no, I'll go down lower. Like I'm a firm believer in putting it out there. Just, I was pitching for six figures and companies were looking at me like I was crazy. And it was like, uh, not nah, that, but we can give you this. And then I was like, okay, now I'm realizing what the going rate is. And then there's also been times when I pitched myself and I was like, you know what? I'm going to pitch 20K. I don't think they're going to say anything. I don't think they're going to bite on this. And then they'll, they'll bite on it. So I'm a firm believer in just like kind of being whatever you want. Let's say if you're saying, okay, this job, I want this job to pay my rent for this month. Pitch four times up. And all they can do is say no. And then if you really, really want the job, then you can go back and say, hey, you know, um, I didn't hear back from you. Is Was it too high? Would you like to negotiate? But most companies, if they really want you, they'll negotiate. That is so brilliant, especially for women. Thank you so much for saying that, because I think as women, especially, we're conditioned to underprice ourselves. Like I often, when I send my rates to a company, I then feel guilty about it. I'm like, oh, what if they can't afford it? But I believe in their mission so much. But you're right. Always, they, all they can say the worst thing is no. And then you can always negotiate. So working in media. So one of the magazines I work with, the circulation was 100,000, which would be equivalent to someone having 100,000 followers. So let's say a perfume company, a perfume company would pay for an ad space within the magazine. And, you know, this one page and the circulation is 100,000. So that means that it's going to be in 100,000 magazines. That doesn't mean 100,000 people are going to see it, but it's going to be in 100,000 magazines. And companies were paying about 15,000 for that one ad. So these companies have budgets. You know, I, I always say like pitch high, pitch high, pitch high. And it's okay if you feel like that's way too high because the, all they can do is say no. And then you can always go back and repitch. We have to start demanding money. We have to start valuing ourselves and demanding what we want. There's a lot of people that are making six figures and their worth ethic might not be as high or whatever the case may be. Like, just pitch high. I love that. I love that so much. So with you, with all the partnerships that you have done over the years, what are some ones that stand out that really you either enjoyed or really proud of? I would say Escada. I got Escada top of the year, January. Escada is a classic brand that fashion house out of Germany. And it was just a iconic brand, especially like in the 90s, to, for me to work with a big fashion house. Never saw myself for that, but I did put it on my vision board because I do create vision boards. I create vision boards almost like it's always changing. So I say about once a month, I have a new vision board. Oh, wow. Do you do it in accordance to the moon? No, I don't, but actually I should because full moon is good for manifesting, right? So yeah, I should. 
But yeah, so I had it on my vision board, not necessarily for a scout-up, but I did say I wanted to work with a big fashion house. But I truly didn't believe that I could do it. I I put it on my vision board, I would say, like the year before, but deep down inside, I was blocking myself. Then Fashion Week came, and I reached out to Escada to go to their fashion show. They're like, sure, like we don't have a budget, but we would love to have you. I didn't even expect money. I just wanted to go. So I went to their fashion show. It was at the fashion show that I realized I can do this. Like I saw the girls that were there. I saw everyone and I was like, you know what? I can work with Escada. This isn't hard. January, they reached out. We're shooting our next campaign. We're working with some dope women. Rita Orr is going to be a part of it. We want you a part of it. And I got it. Wow. So this is such a cool reminder that you just need to find the brands you want to work with that you're aligned with and maybe even work with them for free for some time. Go to the show, go to their events, plant the seeds for that relationship, right? And not only that, energy is big. Like when you meet someone in person, like online, a person can be fabulous online, but they don't really like have a spark. But when you meet them in person and you actually fill out, fill their energy, like even with you, like hearing your voice, just hearing your voice, it's changed my whole perception of you. It's like I could feel the warmth in your voice and I can feel, I can actually like feel, I know you're a nice person. I can feel it. So when you meet someone in person, then brand, like a lot of brands are like, oh my goodness, I can feel her energy. I like it. It resonates with me. I would love to work with her. And I think that's what really also helped it. Me believing in myself and exchanging energy with the marketing director. So when did you start? When did your Instagram start growing? I just want to talk about how it was then and how it's different now. And what are some things that you think everyone should know in terms of growing their Instagram today? So my Instagram growth, it was two parts. One part, of course, was spiritual. And then the other part was a little more physical. So... I had it on my vision board. I had a specific number. At that time, it was 120K. I had that specific number on my vision board. I even created like a mock post and I put like the number that I wanted and the number of likes and comments and the feeling that I wanted to leave with people. I also visualized it. Like I I put it on my vision board, but then I visualized I have... My friends will come over and we call it our like manifestation push. So we'll all meditate together and we'll meditate on each person's goal and we'll fill through it with them and we'll have each other like describe it. What kind of friends do you have? That sounds incredible. <laughs> so we do that. And then um, the physical end, what I did was that was in the beginning when Instagram's algorithm was a little different at that point. Like if you can have 10 people post for repost you, you guaranteed to go viral. So I basically reached out to 10 different people, you know, asked them to repost and I would pause like all my posts to go viral. And like I was manifesting, growing my numbers at that. I was doing maybe like a thousand a day wow. and then sometimes I'll have big jumps. So I gained over... 200,000 followers in a year and a half. That's huge. 
Yes. And that was all manifestation. Do you still do that? Or do you use other tactics now? I scaled back. Now I'm finding my footing content wise. Right now, I just feel like I need to do more. And I'm trying to understand that feeling. It's like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, it's just the urge to do more. Like deep down inside, I want to do more. I don't know what that more is. And I pray for clarity. And, you know, so signs can be shown to me. They haven't been shown yet, but they say the the teacher will appear when the student is ready. So I'm just, I'm trying to prepare myself going through it, going through different changes and figuring out. But I know that there, there's a calling. It's a calling for me. I just don't know what it is yet. Do you feel like it's something that is outside of Instagram? It might be. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But I just don't have the urge right now to um, market and do a big push. Even this summer, I don't really have a big desire to travel. I want to enjoy the New York summer. I'll be going to Barbados for their carnival. Their carnival cropover is called. But other than that, I want to stay home as much as possible. Experience New York. Enjoy my friends. Traveling a lot of times, I don't get to enjoy my friends because I'm always gone. So that's a very interesting subject here is when travel becomes your work, you know, I've gone to some retreats that were like influencer trips where you're supposed to capture them. It's always an interesting task to find balance between being present and capturing content. And you capture the most stunning content I maybe have ever seen. It's just always so beautiful, top notch. I can see how much energy you're putting into it and how much creativity How do you find balance between enjoying the moment and capturing it? So when I when I take that image, I usually have most of my images are planned. So let's say if I'm going to the pyramid, I'm going to Egypt, I want to capture iconic image that, you know, that when you see it, you know, that's Egypt, a image that represents the place that I'm going. So be like Egypt was in front of the pyramids or, or Senegal, Senegal. I was always fascinated by the Pink Lake. The Pink Lake actually what drove me to Senegal. So when I got to Senegal, I made sure I captured that Pink Lake. And then I enjoyed Senegal. And, you know, I don't, I, that, that picture inspired me. And that's the picture that's going, that I, I hope it inspires others. But I don't really, you know, get the content unless I get the urge to, feature like food or where I slept or, you know, like the small details. I don't, I don't capture that because I'm in the moment. I don't have time to capture it after I may write about it. Right. Okay. And here's something I've been dying to know. Do you travel with a photographer or who takes your photos? Yes. I travel with a photographer and my photographers that I travel with, they're family. So just, it's just like, Hey, come, we're going on a trip. Let's go. You know, I don't put pressure on them to also shoot. It's just, let's get this image. Once that image is out of the way, let's enjoy ourselves and, and enjoy the culture. If they feel like they want to shoot while we're enjoying it, they can. You know, if we get some great images, I'll share that. Are they, they can share it. That is so cool. And what did it take for you to learn how to take photos and edit them and make them look so stunning? I think it started from my media background because I would have to 
if I was doing coverage for a fashion show and there wasn't a photographer available, I would have to take it on my iPhone and, you know, then edit it because the photo team was backed up and they couldn't edit the pictures. So I had to edit it myself. We were on a deadline. You know, I had to learn. I had to, we have editors, the interns, you know, that came in that were editors as they're learning. I'm asking them for advice. So I'm learning. I can honestly say that this was a journey for me to get to where I'm at. Like I had to go through my holistic side of me wanting to study health to me, you know, working in media to even my little modeling that I did in my early 20s. That modeling, all of it has led me to where I'm at today. And all of that is going to lead you to the next step of expansion that you're not clear on yet. Exactly. And I think I just want to bring it back for a second to what you said. All of us often feel this sense of yearning and something is coming. And oftentimes we just want to know what it is. We're just like, okay, what is it? What is it? What is it? I want to be in action. But it's so important to do what you're doing and take that step back and just allow yourself to be shown. And like you said, when you're, that student is ready, the teacher will appear. And it's just such a powerful reminder that all of us can use hearing. Yes. Yes. It's beautiful. <laughs> so that said, you mentioned energy points around the world that you've traveled to to meditate. Tell me about some of those experiences. Okay, so the first energy point that I went to was, I'm trying to think if it was the first. Yeah, I would say it was was Bali, Indonesia. I went to the water temple. Oh, so magical. Yes. No, that actually wasn't the first. It was in Cambodia. I forgot the name of the temple in Cambodia. But I went there. Angkor Wat? Yes, yes, yes. Angkor Wat. So I went. You feel it. Like as soon as you step in there, you see all these butterflies and you see all these dragonflies. Dragonflies and butterflies for me were always magical. They represented like just magical. They were magical animals and they represented good energy to me. So when you get there, there's like swarms and swarms of them. And it was just so beautiful. And you feel light. You feel like the air, it smells different. It feels different. And then I went to Bali. I went to the water temple there. And I actually did the whole ceremony. And I had a different feeling there, but it was like, it was the same feeling, but it was different. So then I started doing research and you know, describing like my feelings, you know, when we're as humans, we, when we're confused, we go straight to Google. Oh my gosh. I was just thinking yesterday about starting an Instagram account about things people Google and about things I Google. (laughs) Yes. I go straight to Google. Like, okay. Trying to describe how I feel and trying to figure it out. Then I also was like putting in the locations and like getting different, you know, like people's reactions to the different locations. Then I started to learn about ley lines and energy points within the world. So the world has chakra points, just like how we have chakra points and it balances the world out. So then I was like, I want to go to all the chakra points. Like, this is so cool. There's different chakra points. I want to go to all the chakra points and I want to meditate at the different chakra points. So then I went to Machu Picchu 
And that was an amazing experience. I meditated on this huge quartz rock. It was a crazy experience because I felt like a spiritual guide came to me. I met this random woman and she, that moment changed my life. I say each moment changed my life, but it was just like all these signs were given to me and it led me on every trip led me on a different journey. Like when I got home, like I saw the world different. It was different things that I had to do. It was magical. Wow. I'm feeling it as you're saying it. It's like the energy that you bring it up when you talk about it. Yeah. And it's interesting. I think it applies to Instagram too. It's exactly what you were saying in the beginning. It's people feel the energy you put into it, whether the words are there, whether like the longest caption in the world is there or not. People feel and pick up the energy that you put into your posts. Yes. And even now, like I try to post with intention. I try to post, I put thoughts into my post when I'm posting or even when I'm taking the picture, I put an intention on in that moment when I'm taking the picture. Okay. So you mentioned something about really being committed to staying in the moment. And when you're traveling, you have a plan of what picture you're going to take, you get that out of the way, and then you really allow yourself to be present. That's one way to set boundaries with your phone, technology, and social media. What are some other ways you do it as someone who makes full-time income from social media, right? Yeah. Another way that I do it is like really being organized on the content that you want to create and allowing just just like if you you don't let your like if you work a 9 to 5 you try to not let your your 9 to 5 consume you so you have to have the same mindset it's about not using your phone during certain hours not always having your phone on you not everything has to be recorded and setting boundaries for yourself like life is for living life isn't about um you know constantly trying to get content you know, know the content before you go that you want to get. If you're going, you're if you're traveling to New York and, you know, the content that you're producing is on the best slices in New York, then that's what you're going to produce. And that's the content that you're going to get. Other than that, enjoy New York. You don't have to share everything. It's okay. And then you can always recap it and you can talk about it. If you had a, a particular experience or a particular feeling, you can talk about it. It doesn't mean that you need pictures. Your energy will be felt. Yes. Yes. Instead of spending time hustling and getting tons of content out and just doing all the stories, sometimes it just takes stepping that, taking that step back, being present, and then capturing your energy, maybe in just one short post, and people are going to pick it up. Exactly. Yes. I love, I love everything you're saying. So it's one thing to... You know, people listening to this have a variety of jobs and careers and creative passions and spiritual interests, have different kinds of following amounts. I'm curious what kind of advice you would have for someone who may have, like, let's say under 10,000 Instagram followers, who thinks, who is really fixated on getting more and really sees getting more followers as the answer to things. Because you're someone who has who is happy where you are now, you are already achieving a lot with the community you currently have. Basically, where I'm going with this is the idea that, in my opinion, you don't need to be fixated on growing your followers to grow your business and how much money you're making. I'm curious what your thoughts on that are. 
I personally, it's less about how many followers you have and more about creating great content. You know, like, yes, it is a numbers game, but the numbers don't always come from your followers. It can come from how many how many times your post was being shared or how many times it was being saved or it's just about that iconic content. Like you're known for producing iconic content. There's some of the greats do not have a lot of the greats do not have a lot of following, but they're getting paid six figures for their content. I look at his name is Nabil. He was he creates visuals for, he was one of the first people to create visuals for Kanye West. So when he started, I always tell his story. When he started, he purchased KanyeWest.com. And this is before like Kanye West. This is when Kanye West, he wasn't big. He was just starting to get a buzz. So he was in college. He purchased KanyeWest.com. Kanye West was getting bigger. And he's like, you have my name. Like, I'll buy it from you. How much do you want? He said, I don't want any money. Just let me go on the road with you and let me shoot and I'll shoot it for free. So what he did was he shot, shot him for free, kept the rights to all the photos and created a photo book, documented like all like the early stages of his career. And now I look at the bill now, he has less than 100,000 followers, but he's producing commercials because of the icon that he is. It doesn't matter how many followers you have. It's about making great career moves. And it's also about creating iconic content or, well, yeah, iconic content, whatever type of content, if it's photos, if it's, you know, if you're a writer or whatever it is, it's just having great content with substance. People will always remember it. And companies, if they see it, they'll see the value in you. I love that create iconic content that feels aligned with you, that is high quality, that will make you feel creatively expressed and satisfied, even if no one sees it. To me, that's the ultimate goal. That's what I teach in my conscious social media program. And it's like, we're seeking this approval from others, but how about we find that approval within ourselves and we create work that just makes us lit. Exactly. And your work certainly makes me lit. Thank you. You are amazing. (laughs) You are amazing. And we also have to remember that, you know, we're not always going to resonate with everyone. I think sometimes, like whoever created Instagram, they like, they're super, super intelligent. I'm a firm believer that Instagram is so much more than, I think the government has something to do in it. But because it is controlling us, it's controlling how we think, it's breaking us down, and we're comparing ourselves to others, we're we're becoming sheep, and we're allowing Instagram to make us sheep. I see so many creatives getting caught up in not what they want to produce, but what they want to produce that they know that people are going to like. And you have to stay away from that, like be true, who you are and what you like is what makes you who you are. We're all different. Each fingerprint has each of us different fingerprints. We're all unique and we have to stay within our uniqueness. And that uniqueness is what makes us great. And that's exactly why I reached out to you because 
I started in photography when I was a teenager and I was so inspired. And then I just got carried away with Instagram, started taking lots of just phone photos and looking around too much with what everyone else was doing and kind of just feeling uninspired and feeling like everyone's the same, especially in the wellness field. And then I came across your Instagram and it just was like a breath of fresh air. And I could feel that energy you're talking about, that it's coming from your uniqueness. It's not coming from you looking around at anything. You know, it's such an important reminder to create from that space of you and from a space of nothing and from a space of authenticity versus everything that's out there. And one thing that I do not like about Instagram is that because it's, it brings everyone closer, it also allows, you know, you get a lot of positive reinforcement, but then you also it allows in the negative because you have the opposites. So it allows people to have opinions who like you're, you're, you're sharing yourself with the world and, you know, people may come in and, and be negative. Like I get negative comments or, you know, or just opinions that I didn't ask for. And it's, this is me. This is who I am. This is, this is who I am in this current, this is who I am within my journey. And, you know, and we have to just remember that none of that matters. It's just, it's about ourselves. It's about us. It's about our uniqueness. It's about who we are within the journey in that moment and staying true to it. And, uh, and it might not resonate with some people at that moment and it's okay. It's such an important reminder. How do you make sure that you don't take in that negative energy? I'm not going to lie. Like sometimes I do, I get like, oh, I shouldn't do this. or I shouldn't post this because, oh, you know, it's not going to do this or people are going to. And then I had to, I have to remember, no, this is who I am. This is me being true to who I am. And it's okay. And it's okay if I lose followers. It's okay if people don't like it. It's okay if, you know, it, it, it's okay. Because this is, I'm being true as long as I'm true to myself. I'm so inspired to pick up my camera right now. This has been such an amazing conversation, Tanika. Is there anything, before we start wrapping up, is there anything that I didn't ask you about that you feel called to share? Oh, you know what? I want to talk about my Global Citizen Mentorship Program. Tell us everything. It looks incredible. So I started making money off my social media. And as we know, you know, Facebook, Instagram, they're billion dollar companies and they're making money off of our content. And I wanted, I empowered myself to go out there and, you know, negotiate and make money. And I wanted to empower others to do the same. I wanted to show others that, you know, it's not hard. It doesn't matter how many followers you have, it can be done. And it's like, I want everyone to feel this freeness that I feel. The ability to make money off of who you are and your passion. It's a beautiful thing. You know, and I, um, I'm one-on-one with my students. I offer scholarships to the program because basically it's an hour phone call once a week, plus you have homework. But, you know, I, I still, like, even if you don't have, you can't cover it, if you can't afford it, like, I'm, I offer scholarships, but I just want everyone to be able to make off of their social media like you know even it's yes you can post a post to express yourself but if you can do that and put money in your pocket at the same time it's a blessing do you think anyone can do it though I really want this to I believe that anyone can do it as long as you just cultivate some skills I agree and if you want to do it 
because I did have like a couple of students who, you know, they said that they wanted to do it, but they didn't really want to do it because it is a little work in the beginning just to set yourself up, like creating a media kit. You have to create a media kit in order to reach out to the companies and they, they want to see these are the things that they want to see. Right. And you also teach people how to uh, work with tourism boards. Yes. Tourism boards are there to help you help with your travels, but they also want to make sure that whatever country they're representing or city or state that they're representing is getting promoted in the right light. Right. Right. So would you say that going for tourism boards is actually a viable source of income or are brands still more profitable? Brands are more profitable. Tourism boards, it depends on where they're located, if they, what their budget is. Even if they don't have a budget, let's say if they don't, if, let's say if the tourism board has no budget, then you can still get the trip, take the trip. They'll set you up on your tours. And that doesn't matter how many followers, like if you have a media kit and you have a deck and you can offer some kind of content to them, they'll, they'll, I would say 90% of tourism boards will get you free tours. They can set you up for hotels and then you can bring a brand on. So you're making your money from the brand, but the tourism board is allowing you to helping you to create the content. Right. Right. So that's awesome that you offer this to people. Where can everyone check this out and connect with you? My website, TanikaRenee.com, that's T-A-N-Y-K-A-R-E-N-E-E.com. And your Instagram is also TanikaRenee, same spelling. Yes, and reach out, you know, anyone out there, if you have any questions or if you just want to talk, like, we're family. We're all in this. We're all lost and confused and Like, even if, if you have some light to share with me or, you know, that might help me on my journey, please reach out. Like, let's talk. <laughs> I love that. I love your openness. Thank you for being so generous in sharing what you do, how you got where you are. And I can't wait to see what you are manifesting next. I am so grateful that I came across you. And I can't wait for everyone to listen to this and just be so moved and inspired because I'm sure everyone will be. And if you guys listening are inspired by any part of this, I'd love to hear what it is. Make sure you take a screenshot and post a story on your Instagram and tag both at Woken Wired and at Tanika Renee. We can't wait to hear from you. Yes, thank you. And thank you for happen- having me. And thank you for inspiring me. You know, I feel... A lot of times we get afraid to reach out to other people on social media, but I appreciate and I'm grateful that you did. Girl, I'm so glad you responded. I'm all about uplifting each other and my business has grown. My personal life has grown all thanks because someone shared something with me. So I feel like the more we share, the more abundance we create for others and for ourselves. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. If you enjoy the show, please leave a rating and a review on iTunes and share it with a friend who you think could benefit from the message. Find all the show notes and all the resources on WokenWired.com and also join the WokenWired podcast listener Facebook group. It's a private group where you can connect with people who are like-minded and say hello on Instagram. Find me at Woke and Wired. 
Stay woke, stay wired, and take three deep breaths right now.